I have a story for you. Get ready for the raw, unscripted stories brought to you from our living rooms in real time as we go through life together. Three girls, I'm Angie. I'm Amber. I'm Celine. One big bottle of wine and special guest appearances that you don't want to miss. Guaranteed to be the most dramatic season yet. OMG. Nice, nice backdrop with your drums, dude. I'm not gonna look like <laughs> I know I'm that not, was strategically I'm, placed. I'm not, I'm not gonna look like the only non-musician on here with Eric. <laughs> I heard what you guys were saying the other day. <laughs> oh my god! Right, Celine. Hey. Hi. Hey, Celine. Hey, Eric. Eric. What's up, Eric? What are you guys doing? Oh, just waiting on you. You know. Yeah, typical Eric there. So, my bad. Yeah. So, so how's everyone, boys? How are you guys doing in quarantine? Let's start there. Good, Ryan. It's going all right. <laughs> um, I think the last people I hung out with were you guys. Thank God, it was a couple weeks ago. I don't mind being at home, but miss hanging out and socializing in Nashville is obviously the best for that. But what about you, Eric? Been good. Been with the same five dudes for the last three weeks. So that's been um, interesting. Yeah, I mean that's it's been a blessing and a curse, right? This is actually pretty cool because you know Nashville is a small town in in this regard. But like, I know Eric from meeting in Florida at Tortuga, and then Angie from like friend of a friend. Obviously, Celine and I are friends, and then met Ryan. But then like y'all all knew each other too. I don't know. It's it's really kind of funny. But small world. What can I say? Big small town. Yeah, rolling right into my list. So <laughs> I have ten uh, reasons why it's hard to date in Nashville that I want to talk to you boys about. First one, I want to know how you feel about this. It's a big city, small town. Mm, Perfect segue. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows someone who knows whoever they're dating. I know I've, I've definitely experienced this. I don't think I've definitely gone out with guys who didn't know anyone. And there was a reason why it didn't work out. Hmm. I just feel like if you don't know anyone in my circle, then we're not going to have a lot in common just because I I tend to find people who enjoy the same things as me and kind of know the same people as me. What do you guys think? It's like a prerequisite or something. But you've also said, you know, artists need not apply kind of thing. And if if music world is kind of your world. Yeah, I don't I don't like dating musicians, that's for sure. But I do, you know, I hate managers and agents and Yeah, I mean, I just think Nashville is so connected, which can be a bad thing obviously in that world, because we're obviously all young, you know, our generation's young and likes to party, likes to go out, drink, meet people, whatever. In the music industry, you're meeting people all the time, you're on tour or whatever. And I think it's just like, in that scenario, it makes it tough to find someone that doesn't or hasn't dated a friend or hooked up with that friend's friend or done this or done that. So like, if you can't either live with that or find someone that doesn't do that, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you're never going to be able to completely separate that, you know, as far as your friends knowing other people or maybe people you used to date or like you said, hook up with. Yeah, but it's almost like, I feel like I'm dating in the town I went to high school with. Like, I feel like it's that small, even though it's a big city. Am I, I'm not the only one that feels that way, right? First thing that came to my head, because I lived in LA for four years after West Palm. In, in LA, I would say the, the thing there is like, you don't have to be accountable to like yourself or anybody because you could, you could hang out with a different person every day, every week or something like that. And they will never know that person that you hung out with the week before. So there's like no accountability almost. And you see it, it's crazy. I mean people take advantage of it, you know? And I think that's one thing I like about here is that uh, it kind of forces you to like get away from some of those habits that some people would have created and like be like, okay, no, I'm going to have to hold myself accountable because this person's going to talk to this person. And I mean, you, should do, you shouldn't do those things anyway for whatever reason, but to have that extra bit of accountability, I think is a positive about this place. But then of course, at the same time, it's like, you're going to date, you're going to talk to people, you're not going to talk to the same person throughout that dating process if it's not the one, you know? So then it's like, they all know each other. Yeah, I think accountability, (laughs) you know, if you're just trying to figure out what you like and, you know, day to day can be different. Or if you feel like you're faceted and be interested in different types of people or whatever, being having an accountability when it comes to, you know, not taking the same girl to the same spot with the same friends or whatever. Or if you do, just kind of 
being aware or making just being honest, I guess. <clears throat> when I'm dating someone, they tend to meet all my friends and then they become friends with my girlfriends and then that creates anxiety. And then I'm not dating that person anymore. And then they all still know each other and they're all commenting on each other's Instagrams. And I don't know. It's so just- do y'all wait? So when you meet somebody, are you are you introducing them to everyone like right right away? Do you have any rules around that? Like, okay, you can't meet all of my friends right away or we're not going to be like Instagram. Well, the reason right away. the reason I do is because I want to date someone who I'm friends with first. So they end up getting infiltrated in my friend group because they're my friend. And then it's all either either it works out or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then they're my friend and that's great. But if it does, how do you guys feel about that? Do you, do you date a girl for a certain amount of time before you bring her into your friend circle or do you do that right away just to get it over with? Cause you want your friend's opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge person. Like I'm a huge character person, right? So you like you, I feel like you figure out quickly how someone reacts to certain scenarios if you put them in it. Right. So I'm a huge people person. I love being around people all the time. You know, Ryan knows that we're always, you know, whenever we're out together, we're always around big groups and big people, like big groups of people. Yeah. And I think it's like if you bring a significant other into that scenario and they're able to handle it well and handle you not, I don't know, like you mingling and talking, but still knowing that they're there and like obviously not saying disregarding them completely, but like if they're able to hang, kind of put them, yeah, if they're able to hang and put themselves in that scenario and be like, hey, cool, like this is it. Yeah. This is, these are his friends. This is what he does or, or this is what she does, whatever. And vice versa. She should do the same. Like the last thing any female would probably want is a guy that's just going to sit around and like stare at the wall when she's with her girlfriends. And then when he's with his buddies, expect her to like be the opposite of that. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. We nope. definitely experienced the, the yeah. vanilla guys. That's we don't want sure. any wallflowers around here. White bread, no white bread. Um, uh, we've, I mean, we've all mentioned that that's kind of the dream. You want to be able to go to a party and each one can hold their own, but you're going to have, you're going to have a great time with your person as well, but you want to be, able yeah, to, of course, you know, they can mingle and hold their own and be on their own and you don't have to babysit. And then come back at the end of the night with no drama about who they were to. That's oh, a big one. Yeah. I, I know. I just have a lot of friends that they act all cool when they're out with their boyfriends. And then the, the minute they get in the car, it's like, why were you talking to her? So for me, it's definitely a balance. Like I want people to come around my friends. You know, if I'm hanging out with somebody, I want them to be around my friends because that's a huge part of who you are. You know, I spend just as much time, especially if you have roommates, maybe more time with your friends or roommates than the person you start dating, you know, but it's definitely a balance because if you go the other, you don't want to bring them all the way in. But I had a situation in the last year where it was like the person did not open up about anything. And it was like, didn't get introduced to friends, don't know how many friends there were. So it, it, cre- it, cre- it, creates, no it creates all these like, all this wondering, you know what I mean? So if I feel like if you don't bring people into your life, at least like kind of soon, then it's all like, why don't you want to? What's going on? You know, are you being honest about all this stuff? Trust issues flowing out right now, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like in I feel like in any healthy relationship, like I've friends that I have that are married for forty years or twenty years or ten or even five, and like it's been super successful. It's that they obviously realize that there's going to be there's going to be arguments, there's going to be things like that that happens. But yeah, it's how you kind of handle it. But it's the scenarios where like if a wife doesn't have a friend or if a significant other doesn't have like a group that she can just go and do wine nights with or whatever it is. And then the guy or the guy doesn't have like work buddies to have beers with after work or be on the road or whatever the case is. It it usually, I feel like every time that scenario happens, it just results in a bad breakup in the end. Cause like one party feels like they have all the friends and all the people to do things with. And then the other party gets jealous or feels miserable that the opposite party is like out enjoying friendship. And this one, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like there's that like middle ground of like. Well, you need an outlet. You don't want to be with the same, you know, with your significant other 24-7. That's not healthy either. It's good to have a balance of that friendship to where, you know, you both, you have your guys and they have, she has her girls and you guys can do things separate as well or sometimes all together as a group. I think those dynamics are very important. Yeah. I don't think I can date someone who didn't have a solid group of guy friends. I would be so turned off. Yeah, That's a red flag. It's really boring, to be honest. It's really boring. It's one of those things where like, yeah, I want to go out. Like there's some nights where, you know, Eric, we'll go out, we'll hang out with people. You do a boy's dinner at whatever that place. You can get $10 steaks that we go to sometimes or whatever. You know, you go, you go to those places and you're like, hey, I'm going out with the guys tonight. And then if they don't have that same option, 
then there, there's animosity that builds and they're like, you're never around, you know, this and that. And it's like, well, I am, but you're just always available. It's not that I don't want to be with you. It's just that I have other people to be with, other obligations, other things that I have a priority, yeah. friendships. And if they don't have that, then it's just like they blame you. You know? I think it goes back to being okay in your own life before you get into a relationship. Like, am I okay on my own? And that means on literally on my own and with my friends and my family and like those relationships are all of those relationships good and solid and I'm happy with it. And then you can bring in another person and their life and what they have going on. So like both individual things. Compliment yeah, it. exactly. But it's definitely a crash course to get invited to, you know, anything or having your friends there and whatever. And then you bring homegirl or homeboy with you. I mean, that can, that can be a good, a good thing as a crash course. And I think that's changed as I've gotten older. Like I think in the beginning, I maybe wanted to keep it separate a little bit to just see if I individually liked them on their own. And now as I'm older, I'm like, whatever, I'm going to do this anyways. If you want to come and be involved and like, let's see if it works out. And if it doesn't, fine. But I just, I'm always careful. I want to make sure I know that they're at least cool to me before they meet anyone just because I don't want to be embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oof, I can't believe I brought him around. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that would be embarrassing. So back to the 10 reasons why it's hard to date in Nashville. So number two, I think Nashville is a Southern town. Well, that's what I thought when I moved here. And Mm -hmm. it's really not like I feel like there's there's Southern people here. But as far as chivalry and like Southern gentlemen, it does not exist here. I think guys are scared to do nice things because they don't want to look cheesy depends for the most part and because they have so many options. I I have to disagree with you. I mean, I've only been on a handful of dates here. Obviously now none because we're in quarantine. But I mean, I... I mean, we were like praying before the meal and had doors opened. And I mean, those are very small things, but like, I mean, maybe yeah. I've been dating the wrong people. I think you've been dating the wrong people. <laughs> I think the two guys on this, uh, on <laughs> this episode are very chivalrous. I think there's chivalry problems everywhere though. I think it's a, I think it's a crisis culturally in this country and every, probably everywhere. I mean, I haven't really dated too much overseas, so, but it's, I have been on dates overseas, actually. I lived there for a bit and it's, it's a little bit different, but here it's rare. I mean, I think it depends where you go and who you go on a date with. So let's do the guys. Do you guys open doors for girls on dates? Ryan opens doors. Yeah, of course. I feel like Eric opens yeah. doors. That's a small thing though. That's, and actually I'm glad you brought that up because when I moved here, so I moved from the South side of Chicago where there is no chivalry. I don't even think that word is up there. It's not in the dictionary sold up there. But when I moved here, guys would open doors for me and I would feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. And it took a long time for me to be okay with it. And now I kind of expect it because I've been here 11 years. But you said it doesn't happen there. So it does happen. Okay. So they okay. open doors. But other than that, no. Okay. Well, going on that, Ryan, you can answer first. And then I want to hear Eric. Do you think that your because both of you are, are gentlemen, but your level of chivalry depends on the girl? Which chivalrous um, actions you portray is going to depend on, on her? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, especially if it's like a first date, second date, third date. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to make any judgments on anybody early enough and be like, eh, she doesn't really deserve to have the door open for her. I don't mean just doors. Like... The door is a given. But I'm would just... you like bring flowers or like pick someone up? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean to be clear, I open doors for dudes. You're just a nice person. <laughs> yeah. You're just a nice person. That's why I'm saying it's a yeah. given. Yeah, I think that's important. I feel like there's just a different level of uh, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to call it. like just being an adult. Period. Right? Like we hit an age. I feel like we're in a generation or in a time. You know, even just a little bit before the quarantine, where it's like when there were dates happening, things like that. I don't know. In this, I might be wrong. I didn't go to college, but I feel like we're in this era of college boys and children and guys that, and even chicks too, like girls too, that are just absolutely out of their minds, losing it, just want to party and have a good time. And like, unfortunately, unfortunately it's like a double sided thing. Uh, I think it should be a thing that everyone gets kind of taught young. And that's kind of what happened with myself. And I'm, I'm sure Ryan had the same kind of upbringing, but there's definitely. Are and you from the South? No, he's from New yeah. York. You're from New York. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so not to shout out to the South. You know, I mean, I grew up in a really small town in the South, but I think that it's just your upbringing. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know. Yeah, Eric and I are both from the Northeast. 
Yeah, we're both in the Northeast. You know, you say the South, Northeast, wherever. I mean, I think a, a lot of it has to do with how you're raised, your parents, you know, not necessarily where you're from. And it just so happens that in the South, more people raise their kids to say ma'am and open the door and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think it's exempt to the South at all. I think it's just, it might be more rare in other places, but it's, it's unique to like your parents, I think, because, you know, I didn't, teach, I didn't teach myself that stuff, but it wasn't trial and error. Like, oh, you're supposed to hold a door. Someone got really pissed when I didn't, you know, it's like you just learn it young and you, you just realize that like, it's not like anybody deserves it more than anybody else. It's just a, a courtesy that shows hey, I'm thinking of you do. before me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody should hold the door for anybody. If there's an old person, if there's a, young kid like it doesn't matter i don't know just to respect them we're getting hung up on the hold the door i get it i hold the door for people too what i'm talking about i guess i'm referring to everything like all of we're all we're adults like it's i think it's a scenario where we've gotten too complacent and too comfortable it just goes but you're saying you know the growing up part of it so you become a, a peter pan you know we all are kind of peter pan in our own little dating world of you know when do you actually want to stop and settle down and you know, is that party scene, do you really have to give that up? People almost see it as a black and white kind of thing versus a, let's just live life and have all these yeah, like, I don't fun think you times. Do. No, I don't think so at all. I think you shouldn't. That's where people go wrong and it becomes super boring. I have a thought on that. Right. I kind of knew what the subject about this was going to be. And I was just thinking about my parents and, you know, in the, I guess it would be seventies, early eighties, they met each other at a bar in Connecticut. The drinking age in mass at the time was 21. So they'd all go over to the uh, border into Connecticut and it was 18 there. So they met when they were like 19. And I was thinking about this. I was like, back then you didn't meet a thousand new people that were potential partners. You met somebody and if you fell for them and they were something you were looking for and thought that they'd complement your life at that time, you held on to it. You know what I mean? You held on to it because it was like, this is awesome. I'm not going to find anybody like this this year, next mm. year, 10 years, you know, and it wasn't like a, the next best thing might be around the corner or the next best thing might be a DM away. So I'm not going to commit to this because I want to wait for the, the best or whatever that means. You know, what I mean? instead of going, I commit to you for you, I learned to love you for who you are and we're going to stick with that. So I was thinking like now there's just so many options. I think that's a huge part of it where, you know, I know my parents are still together, you know, thank God. And they committed to each other basically when they were 19, 20 years old. I'm sure they've seen plenty of people that they're both attracted to in the next five, 10, 20 years, whatever, natural stuff, but they committed. So it's like, that's one thing that's kind of scary. I, I mean, not scary, but I think everybody really deals with is that you might be a year into a relationship and still have that fear that if you don't see the, my eyes are on you kind of deal, then who knows you know i think it happens That's all the time a really people, interesting point. people ditch well, yeah I, back to dating apps and stuff too i mean you constantly at the or instagram or social media or whatever it is you you have a plethora but it's all fake it's not real it's all fake it's all photos i mean you don't really know how many people portray fake yeah. lives on social media and a lot of it yeah okay you're you're there and you're you know, you do obviously like you're portraying your best life or your best scenarios or your best pictures or all these things. But I mean, how real are your conversations that are a two second comment? And I think Ryan made a super incredible point that there's not this scarcity that they used to have in previous generations. And we have so much access and so much so much ability to talk to so many different people from all over that it's overwhelming. And there's like, Oh, well maybe that person's better. Maybe there's somebody else around the corner. That's a really good point, Ryan. And you're right. I think it really does us all a disservice because we, you, we lose that you, we maybe have meet someone great, but be like, Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this next. And then there may not be a next one day. You may never find that person. Sometimes I wonder if I'm the lucky one or if my hometown friends are, because I think about my friends who got married right after high school and they still live in my hometown and they're just enjoying their little suburban life. And it's great. And it's something that I dreamed of when I was a kid, you know, it's a great life. But then I think about me where I'm, I moved to a city and I have all these friends and I have all these options and all these dating life, uh, dating stories and 
I don't know. I don't know which is better. I just think they're different, but it does bring me to the next reason why it's hard to date in Nashville, which is the guys have too many options, but I guess it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. That one's a definite two way street too. And I mean, I, that goes along to what you kidding um, me? Celine and Ryan were saying about, I mean, just social media is just destroying that. How do I put first time feeling thing? Like nobody's having that anymore. You know what I mean? Like they're meeting through pictures and then they meet up in public. You know what I mean? It's not like that first sight, that not, first look when you yeah, meet someone randomly exactly, for the first yeah. time and your eyes lock and you're like, oh my gosh, they're hot. And you're like, oh, they think I'm hot too. And then they come and talk to you. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's the way it should be. I'm not on any dating apps. So I have a different, I tried once, but like the relationships I've been in, I've, I've met them random in random locations. And I still can recall my ex, like the first moment we met at a 4th of July event on the lawn and I saw him and he saw me and we looked and I got nervous and I'm like, is he going to come talk to me? Like, and those, those, I just think it's so magical and it's, it's yeah. something that we should still be hopeful for because it's been done for centuries and centuries. And I think it's still beautiful and we should try not to lose that. As a songwriter too, it's like, we write about that all the time, mm-hmm. right? Those first time like looks or the, the dropping them off at the door, things like that. And like, just those are the things that I feel like revert back to the first, obviously reason why you guys like the chivalry thing or whatever you were talking about. Like, just everything from the pickup to the drop-off. That's a, that, that's, that's a good point, Eric. And I, I, there's been a shift for sure from going, I can't wait, Celine, I can't wait for that moment of, you know, to, to run into that person that I don't know and you lock, whatever, to going from I value, I can't wait for that one moment to I want as many of those as possible. Wait, you're not writing day. a song about that Instagram follower? Like, oh, homegirl that's likes just my it. picture. Like you can't that's, even not coming, that's not out yet? <laughs> that single's coming out next. That's a big deal. That's literally a part of this whole new world that we're in right now. It's like, literally, it's worldwide. You can find somebody in South Africa that moved there 20 years ago with their parents on some safari trip or whatever. And I, like, I'm, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm literally just saying out of nowhere. Like, you could meet anybody. Girls can meet guys over in London and love their accent on a phone call or on a FaceTime and then fall in love with them and then go meet them and then it's the worst thing in the world because they don't know each other. That's just terrible. I feel like that, like my grandparents met in a bar in Long Island and they literally met because she tripped him because she thought he was cute. That's a true story. Like my grandpa <laughs> told me that story. She was literally there, went, went from so to Long Island because she had just broken up with the next boyfriend. It's a true story, hand to God. And her and her girlfriend went to Long Island, or went to the city. And my grandfather went from Long Island with the Navy into the city because they were on a tour or something. And they were at a bar and he was leaving with his buddies and she literally put her foot out and tripped him. And he literally moved, he moved to Buffalo six months later. That's like, that's like dropping the hanky. You know, just like drop a hanky or whatever, that old school, like drop a handkerchief and the guy picks it up. That's like, that was her version. She was was more assertive about it. (laughs) Moving on to number four. I think everyone here is Insta famous. Competition's hot. Transplants like myself need to step up their game. It's hard. It's tough. Everyone here is a model. Guys and girls. Oh, you mean in Nashville? Like everyone. No, they're not. They're (laughs) definitely not, for sure. I live in South Florida. Talk about models. South Florida? Are you kidding me? Everyone's in a bikini 12 months out of the year. It's awful. I mean, I'm sure there it's fame as well in a different way, but man, the, the models down Not here. Not everyone's in a bikini hardcore. all the time down here, but everyone is, they have, they, they have like the Instagram with a million followers and their blog and everything looks perfect. And they have their little dog and it's just that kind of Insta famous. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a dog. If someone is looking for that though, at the end of the day, I think it's what you're looking for. And if someone is looking for someone who's Insta famous and that's the only thing I care about, then they're shallow as shit. Even dudes, some dudes that I've like talked to have so many Instagram followers and they're so concerned about it. Yeah, I think that's where I, I think I don't care if you, you know, are popular. I think that's wonderful, but I think it's how much you care and why do you care? And, you know, I mean, Eric, Eric being a singer, obviously, it, you're getting your livelihood that way. Yeah. You're making a living and that's super important. 
if it's your business, it's different too. But if you, if you use it, if you define yourself as a person by it, I think it's totally different. Well, or just your self-worth. It's hard now because it's like, oh, well, how many followers do you have? What's your Instagram? And it's like, oh yeah, because that's life. I actually am attracted <laughs> to guys that don't have a lot of Instagram followers. I don't know. I'd like to say that I'm like that, but I'm not. Well, <laughs> yes, Rai? I was going to say, I was going to say, my, my, my internet's struggling. It's hard to get a word in edgewise here. <laughs> that's not your internet. That's just trying to talk to three girls at the same time. That's just, yeah, I know, right? Um, I don't know. That's so true. Though. Like, I don't think it's bad to have a lot of Instagram followers or use it for, even if it's not business, like to have a lot of followers, some people just get more followers. You know what I mean? It's a natural thing, like whatever. I think the, the scariest part, like you just said to me, like, what if Instagram crashed? Right. But even like picture Instagram never crashes and you just get to a certain point in your life where like, some people, and this is not, and don't, I'm not talking about everybody who has some value in their Instagram because I mean, myself, you know, I played music for a while. I had that to promote to just even my friend group um, to try to get the word out about the band. And I thought time and time again about deleting it because I started putting too much value in it and stuff, but I keep it because if I have my own business someday, you know, I'll want to promote it on there or whatever. It's, it's a great outlet. And it's a, you know, it's, it's a good way to maybe find somebody too. It really is. It can be, but no, listen, well, you, can, you can meet people on there uh, and you can yeah. start chatting. Reach into the choir. <laughs> we know. Angie rolled her eyes at me. Uh, Angie rolled um, her eyes at me. <laughs> Packaging knows Wait, my which, story. Which Instagram account are you talking about that has... You want me to get my handle out? Well, all the followers you're talking about. Because you, you, you have like 500 followers. Oh, she calling you out right now for not being famous? <laughs> wow, this is harsh. <laughs> First of all, I think it's more like eight. Okay? <laughs> all right. And and second of all, I think that might be more than our band. <laughs> can we talk? Can we talk about Gourmet Gary? Speaking of Instagram, one second. One, yeah, okay. one second. I was just gonna say. I was gonna say. But like, the, the scary part is, is like, you know, you think about even like mostly, mostly younger people. I don't think people our age, people our age didn't have Instagram at one point. So you built your worth and you had value in yourself in other areas before that. But I think there's a lot of people like you think about, I think about like if I had a daughter someday, you know, like I would be petrified or e even a son petrified that they placed all of their value in what kind of feedback they got there. And then someday say that fades and what they thought people were placing the value in on them fades, then all of a sudden they don't feel valued anymore. And it's just not true. It's crazy. So it's basically going back to like having, you know, that individual, you have your self-worth in yourself and your immediate family and friends and the people you actually love and care about. And then, you know, social media can be a platform for whatever you want it to be and, you know, can be as big or as small as it is and still be, you are still you at the end of the day, yeah. as when it comes to dating anyways, like I, when you get in a serious relationship, I think if you're putting your, you know, your Insta famous life first all of the time, that's where it's going to be hard. We've talked about, you know, Eric being using it obviously for his livelihood. And so if that ever comes to be a problem in your dating life, I think that's where, you know, that's where the conundrum is. I just think it's gotten way too overused. I mean, Instagram is basically a dating app now. Like it's bad. Yep. Or it's like stalkerish. It's creepy. Yeah, which is exactly it too. Like, I mean, I am literally a nobody. Haven't done. I mean, we're we're doing our thing. We're getting there with music, but there's still scenarios right now where it's like, you know, I mean, people make these fake accounts and try to message other people, and then on the flip side of that, like, I'm getting messages from people in Pittsburgh, like, "Oh, can't wait to see you play," and then it's like. I reply back, but then there's like 15 other messages that they send. And it's like, Jesus, what? Like, I love it. I love the people that want to hear the music and stuff, but there's a level of like uncomfortable, just aggression that these, some of these people use to like talk to people. I mean, I know I have buddies that play hockey and things like that. And like, they get messages all the time and it's scary because they could get somebody knocking on their door. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. We're getting off topic of the dating thing. It's, it's almost like a, they think they know you because they know your social media life. So they think they know you and you're kind of accessible through there. Brian can attest to it too with the music world. Like people that are, that love music are like, that's our livelihood. They, they're the people that pay tickets and buy our songs and that's, we need that. And then there's just a different, little bit of a different level when like, 
But no, I feel like people want to know what you do. They want to know what you do during the day. They want to know like what your life is like because some people want to live through that. The human experience. Yeah. They want to know, you know, right. how you are as a human, like normalcy. Right. They, especially with famous people, I think they try to portray a certain level of normalcy too because it's relatable and it creates a large fan base. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, how huge are podcasts right now? I think the, the huge part of that is because you see into people's lives with no filters at all. Yeah. I love podcasts. And I think I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and stuff. And I mean, most of those guys and girls do not hold anything back on there. And that's half the reason it's hilarious because you're getting right. to know somebody on a, on a very, very good level. And I think that that's an, that's an asset that you can use on Instagram for sure, Eric, you know, like let them get to know you. And then they're like almost following you like it's a reality show. Yeah. And, but then it's like, how, where do you stop? But anyway, Angie, what's number four on your list? Number five. We've got, We've gotten out of order, actually, because I moved one up because it, it flowed better. But the next one is, and Eric, I'm curious to know how you feel about this one. I like that. I think musicians <laughs> steal all the girls, but they don't actually want them. So oh. they like the chase and they like getting all the girls, but then they don't want to commit once they have them. Um, uh, first of all, I feel like everybody's different. Do they get the girls? I mean, that's probably why me and Ryan both started playing music, right? Do it for the girls. Uh, like when you're on the road and you're having a good time and especially like you're building your career right now, are you open to finding the right girl? And if you did committing to her or are you in this time of life where you know that that's not what you're looking for and you just. Yeah, well, I mean, 1000%. Uh, I'm far more a like hopeless romantic dude. I'm a songwriter. I write all my songs about it. I would love that. We, I mean, we even have talked about it around a fire here in the past couple of weeks in the quarantine. And just like, we all, I feel like every guy, no matter how hard they try to be, want to find the right person that they can spend their, you know, their time with and the rest of their life with. And I think it's, um, is it a lot tougher as an artist, a touring artist for sure, because our schedules are very tough and there has to be a lot of trust and it takes a super like tough cookie to kind of be able to, Handle it. Handle it and be cool with it. And it also takes, you know, a ton of respect for that woman from the guy. There's just such a massive amount of trust that has to form. And realistically, in a short amount of time, when, you know, a guy like myself or even a, a bigger artist is going and trying to find, you know, that person. A lot of times it just happens, obviously the way they're supposed to in certain scenarios. And that's just how relationships start. Like we talked about earlier, you meet someone randomly, whatever. But in that short amount of time from meeting them to like, you know, officially dating, there has to be like a huge trust buildup because, you know, realistically we're on the road. Even Keith Urban, who's been married to Nicole Kidman for how many years, still gets women throwing themselves at him because he's Keith Urban. And he can never like be not attainable because he still needs to be attractive and fun and seem cool to his audience. But it's like no one... Everyone needs to know that they don't have a chance to like go home with them. It's hard to date someone on the road, though, honestly, because in Nashville, everyone's just everyone knows everyone's friends are on the road. Everyone's on the road, whatever. It's just like another way of life. So they don't get that much attention in Nashville. But when they go out to all of these small towns where it's not so common, I mean, I dated a monitor engineer (laughs) and it was tough. I mean, girls every night were throwing themselves at him. I'm like, do you guys know that's like the lowest on the totem pole? Like you can get a monitor engineer. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. I mean, I've dated athletes and the same kind of thing. I'm sure Ryan can attest to it, but I mean, I just think Ryan's a drummer. Nobody pays attention to the drummer. No, that's not true. I think it's different, actually. JK, hot drummer. I'm kidding. I have a hilarious story about that in a second. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I guess my long story is super short. Is like, yes, you would. I'd love to. Just, I feel like every guy would love to. It's just obviously super tough to find that person that's just like rooted and committed to being a okay with the whole scenario. Yeah. No, it takes a confidence thing too. It's individual confidence. Yeah. And that's huge. It it goes along your point of saying like, you have to be okay with yourself. No. Ryan, I need to hear this drummer story. Oh, this is funny. This is, this is, this is the life of a drummer right here. So my brother and I, (laughs) my brother and I were in a band together and uh, we look pretty similar and uh, we were we got booked on this gig one time called the Rock Boat. It was a cruise that went out of Miami or Fort Lauderdale, wherever. R.I.P. Cruises, yeah. by the way. Um, but uh, you're immersed with the fans on there, and you know you see the you see the lineup before the gig happens. So all the fans learn about your band beforehand, 
so there's, there's two parts of it. So it's late night, you know, we're at the casino, we're out, we're, we had one or two gigs that day on the boat, or had a couple beers. And I'm in the elevator, like going back to my floor at the end of the night, and I'm in there by myself. And somebody comes in, and they're like, Hey, are you are you Brendan from the gallery? And just to mess around, I was like, Yep. <laughs> and that's and that's my brother. He's brother. the lead singer. And Brendan had the same story from the boat where he was in an elevator by himself and he had like buffalo wing sauce all over his face. And somebody was like, Hey, are you are you Brendan from the gallery? And he goes, No. <laughs> <laughs> So funny. Just didn't want to talk. I, did, I can picture both <laughs> you guys doing that, and I love it. So funny. Yeah, that's awesome. What about moving on to the next one? There's lots of big commitments in Nashville where you have to buy tickets in advance. So, like, think about like Steeplechase, Bonnaroo, CMA Fest Stadium shows. There's always this like pressure. Do you buy one? Do you buy two? Do you buy with friends? Do you buy an extra if you buy with friends? If you're not talking to anyone right now because you want to be talking to someone, but you're just not yet. Or like a girl, like, do you wait and see if maybe you get invited? Yeah. No, I'm not not a big fan of like buying my own ticket. Be like, no, no, no. I I got that. I know. But then you buy one. Yeah. I I usually buy two. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And then I just invite a a date. If you need a date, Angie (laughs) usually has two tickets. This is great for a roommate situation. Is it a first date? Because I'll say this. Spending spending too much money on a ticket on a first date is no bueno. No, no, no. I'm saying like if you're not talking to anyone oh, and oh, oh, something yeah, yeah. coming up that you want to go to, you're not just going to buy one ticket. Yeah. I mean, if you go with friends, it's different, obviously, and you can buy one and it's fine. But I always think I always like to think that I'll be dating someone. <laughs> so it's the optimistic point of view of like, I might be dating someone. I should buy two tickets. <laughs> Just me? No, I just wait. I'll sit at home. If someone wants to buy me a ticket somewhere, cool, we'll go. If not, I'll just watch Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that those are my favorite dates, though. Like, it doesn't have to be something big. Like, you spend a ton of money on something. But I love dates where it's something that you can only catch, like, a specific period of time. So, like, there's a festival or there's something as opposed to, like, going to dinner. I'd rather go to, like, I don't know, the random crawfish boil that's happening or whatever. I mean... Obviously, it is kind of a bigger deal if you have to actually buy a ticket. I agree. I, I mean, a date I went on in the last year, you know, I was like, oh, we could go to dinner or something like that or whatever. And I was like, you know what? This time I was going to get tickets to a Preds game, right? So I got tickets to a Preds game. And I think that is so much more fun. You're, you're, I mean, that's not like a one-off thing for the year, like CMA Fest or whatever. You know, there's a couple of weeks. But it's, it's something to do. It's something different. It's an experience and stuff. But that one was just, I don't know if I'll ever do that again for a first date because showing up at the stadium, videotaping and Instagramming everything, editing the Instagram stories at the thing, and I'm sitting there like this. Like, oh, no. oh that was just the wrong person. Oh, no, I know. 100%. <laughs> I wanted to give her a piece of my mind at the game be like, hey, you know that's rude, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we in Nashville kind of lose sight of that being a thing, right? Like, go downtown, grab dinner at one of the nicer restaurants around, you know, around town or whatever, go to the game, enjoy it, go out after. There's a lot of these new bars that have popped up that are way more low key and like kind of more my vibe, I guess, where it's not, it's not the downtown Broadway stuff. It's more like sit down at a table and order like a nicer drink, whatever. I think that's the stuff that you have to do because in my mind, like that's what sets the tone to figuring out who, like who, each other are it's way easier yeah. to converse and talk and it's less sceny you're not yeah, there because of the spot stuff. you're not at tin roof or some bullshit you're not you're like in a good setting where you're watching like you're talking to each other and you're you can actually like learn about somebody and have a conversation yeah talk like adults and i think the first couple months are always like that weird period because everybody wants to try and impress somebody which has been part of like a, a massive problem i feel for our generation is that like you get into a dating scenario and you're like oh well what is, what is that person like that I can act like I like? You know what I mean? Like yeah. too many people don't be themselves, which is a problem. Okay. So no one here is buying tickets in advance to answer your no. question. And exactly. I usually don't buy, I usually don't buy tickets until the, the day of the show or the day of Angie's always got an extra ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. My bad. We have finished this bottle of wine, by the way. I think this is bad. One more thing. Well, no, I'm on to number eight. 
all the good catches are at Target, I think, but it's hard to make conversation Just there. Target. I see hot guys at Target yeah. all the time, and I don't know how to make conversation with them. Would you be down with that? Hell yeah. <laughs> that, that, I've, I've never even considered. I mean, I, you see girls all the time. You're like, wow, you know, she, she looks great. She looks, you know, whatever, whatever you're attracted to. You you would really want a guy to come up to you at the grocery store and do that? Oh I my god, I would love would it. Really? I would love it too. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just not afraid to do anything. I don't care at this point. What would you I'm say? Not. Who cares? Like, and say? not again, not to mention, like, I'm just super open like that. I don't care. Like, it could be somebody that just has like a t-shirt on and that's a band that I like, and I would just be like, oh, I love that band, and just walk by him and not think anything of it. And I think that brings to a point that I kind of wanted to bring up here anyway. I think it's super aggressive in today's day and age that guys and girls can't have conversations together without somebody thinking that something's happening. Totally. Yeah. Like if Angie and I are hanging out and just great friends and like if we were just sitting at a bar randomly, like because we were catching up, we haven't seen each other in seven months and we're really good friends, whatever. Every single person in that place immediately thinks we're together. And that that is what frustrates the hell out of me. <laughs> I also feel like everyone is... I want to meet a boyfriend at the gym. That would be amazing. Oh, that. But don't, don't talk to me when I'm at the gym. But everyone really? Oh, oh my God. Every time I go, I'm like, is my ponytail good? But I think it sucks because everyone has earbuds in. So nobody ever wants to talk to me. Because people are just working out. I don't know. I met a guy at the gym and we had a date and then I had to see him at the gym. And it was just not. It's trust me. If you go to the gym every day like I do, you do not want to meet somebody at the gym. Because then if something happens and you don't want to see him ever again, you're stuck seeing him and dodging him every day. I already have that situation going on at the Green Hills Y. There's this man who interrupted my workout to talk to me, which I was so annoyed. Again, typical Angie. She wants this. And when it happens, she gets annoyed. But he now, every time I see him at the Y, well, first of all, he asked to get coffee to talk about business. So it's not like he even was asking me out. He was. Which... Right. And that's how I just feel like it was really weird. And so now I go to the gym. I will now we're in quarantine, but RIP gym. When I was going, I was going Monday through Friday at the same time as him. So I see him every morning and I have to dodge like eye contact with him. It is really annoying. But if it were a dude, like I love running into dude talk to at the gym. It's just fun. It's just you say hi. I don't have any negative energy out there. I feel like with the headphones, though, like Every single person has headphones at the gym. You have to be like, hey, excuse me. Excuse me. Hi. Hi. You mind taking those out? Hi. That's weird. That's why I'm saying nobody ever talks to me. There's two guys. No. One guy at the gym that I've had my eye on for the past year. And we're at the gym at the same time every morning in the same area. And we know each other through eyeballs. (laughs) But we've never spoken because we both always have headphones on. So somebody's got to have the balls enough to take the headphones off and wave or say, hey, or get yourself in a situation. We have to talk to them. Okay. Well, I, I guess we've, we've made our way to number 10. If anyone's been keeping up with the numbers, if we've been all over the place. But I feel personally like I've lived here so long. Well, first of all, Eric, how long have you lived here in Nashville? Uh, almost six years, I think. Okay. So, and Ryan, you've been here, what, four? Yeah. Amber's brand new. One month. Um, and Slane's in Florida. (laughs) I feel like I've been here 11 years. I've already swiped through all the guys on the dating apps. So if I don't know them in real life, I'm also not going to meet them online. So I don't know where to go from here. I think you have to have good friends that'll hook you up. I mean, but all my, I know all my friends, friends. You can't know everybody though, Angie. I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the city. You can't lose hope. I'm not saying I've lost hope. I'm just saying it sucks. 10 reasons why it's hard to date in Nashville. That's number 10. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I've gone to different places with my girlfriends because we have thought about this and we're like, okay, well, we go to all of these places. So let's go to a completely opposite place. Where do all the real estate guys live? Where no, hang out. Where do all the doctors hang out? And and still we go there at we, work. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to go to the coffee shops like around their um works places yeah. or something like that. Just okay, real quick, since we've been taking up all of your guys' day, um, can we can we jump into some dating trivia? I have a few questions. I just want to see if you guys get them right. Oh, there there's a right or wrong answer to these questions. Yeah. Oh, it's great. from a super credible source called factretriever.com. <laughs> First question. How many months does it typically take for dating couples to enter into an exclusive relationship? What do you guys think? Four. Three months. Three. I was going to say three. 
six to eight months. It goes back to my whole theory of you need to be friends first. I don't agree with that either. That's so long. Yeah, I don't think being a friend with somebody is like the first option. I think that actually kind of depletes it a little bit. It makes you guys act it makes you guys act more like friends than partners. When I think after the age of like 18 through 24 or whatever, you know, you kind of, you should know yourself a little bit more to know like what you like and what you don't. And if it takes you six months to realize that that's what you like, then you need to know yourself. Oh yeah, no, I I know pretty quick. Yeah. I was going to say like six to eight months too. Like you, I feel like by six to eight months, you're going to have someone in that relationship who wants it to be exclusive. And if it's not yet, then that other person, whoever, whichever one it is might not. Three or four months gives you enough time to kind of get rid of your bench. Like if you've been yeah, talking to multiple you wait people, that, that kind of gives you enough time to be like, okay, yeah, I do like her more than this one or I like him more than this guy or whatever. Gives your you time bench. to be more I love that. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> six men. I've never I'm heard that. Oh, y'all have a bench. Don't, don't lie. I've how many months, how many months on average does it take for exclusively dating couples to break up if it's not going to last? Oh, so once you've decided, how long till you break up? Four months. I feel like it's gonna be a long time. Yeah, I'm, gonna say, I'm, gonna, say, I'm gonna say three. A month. I'm gonna say three again. Three to five months. How many dates does it typically take before dating couples will trade house keys? Oh, How many dates? It's Dang. only taken me like one. I've got. I know. I, listen, I've given my alarm code never. to people like the next day. I'm like, oh, you want to come meet me? Like, I've gotten house keys pretty quick. Actually, yeah. now that I think about it. What? I don't even want them over my house. Like I'll go on dates that you're not even know. I've gotten the house key no. pretty quick, probably like three dates in. Twelve to fourteen dates is okay. the correct so answer. Push on the accelerator a little bit. I mean, I would say like maybe after a year of dating or something, it'd be it makes sense to be like, hey, okay, if you need to go to the house or whatever, but mm-hmm. a year. I'm not giving you, not giving you yeah. my damn key if we're going Thanks on dates. Time a we're year not in a relationship, we're out. Like I'm not doing it. Fair. Well, you're gonna be in a relationship yep. at. At most six to eight months in, would you get? Okay, me? so that's yeah. Okay. At a year, at a year in, I'd be like, hey, well, even still, why are you going to my house without me? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I've had boyfriends that need to go get something that's from it. my house. Eric has like that leather room or something that he doesn't want the people mm. to know about it until they're. <laughs> no. That's a different case. Yeah. I'm just I don't know. I'm, I'm super particular. I like the things that I have where I have them. So it's like studies show that women are attracted to guys who wear the color. So if you're going Apparently on a date, black, if you're going on a wearing, date, the two guys what color do you wear? Oh, black, 100%. Stay white. Blue. Right? What are guys attracted to? No. no, what are girls attracted to? Oh, I, I mean, I wear blue because I have blue eyes and I've gotten compliments, full transparency. The correct answer is blue. Amber and Ryan, you got that. Ding, ding, ding. Over 50% of all singles in America have not had a date in how many years? Whoa. Singles in America, how many years? Three. Why, like a date? You haven't been on a date in three years? I don't know. Two. I'm going to say two. That's so sad. The correct answer is two. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Has anyone here not been on a date in two years? Okay, so we're yeah. we're the other 50%. We're above average, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Research shows that men know they're falling in love after ju- wait. Research shows that men know they're falling in love after just 3 dates. But how many dates does it take for women? One. That's confidence right there. Um let's say five. Yeah. Falling in love? Yeah, maybe five. And we're not on the bachelor. This is real love. <laughs> I know if I'm into him after one, I know if I'm in love, probably after like five or six. Same here. 14. I guess that's what I meant. This goes with my theory of men fall faster, but women fall harder. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a thing. Like I know, you know, right off the bat, but. No, that's men falling in love with their dick. It's not really falling in love. I think it takes men a lot longer than that. I think guys know they just stick around. Yeah. I think when a guy, the problem is like, I mean, it's not a problem. The thing is, guys are only going to really fall in love with a couple girls in their lifetime, whereas girls can fall hard for multiple guys. So when a guy knows, he knows. Am I right? Yeah, I think you're, I, I think you're, I think you're right. There's, there's definitely been a couple times. I mean, go back to like high school, you know, I can remember completely botching it with somebody because, you know, you fall for it and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Like, you want to hang out today? Yeah, come over. I'll call you tonight. Like, whatever. And they're like, all right, see you, guy. You know, chill. 
So I feel like maybe you're right. Okay. One more question and then I'm going to let you guys go, especially because Zoom's going to cut us off in three minutes. Approximately 48% of online daters reported that their breakups occurred over what type of communication? Amber can't answer because she's looking at the, the answer sheet. That cannot be Text message. Text message for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Email. email. Okay. Oh. This is email. I don't, email. Even, I, don't, I don't think I've ever known... Like I've known boyfriends emails, well, but I've never gotten this is like I said, it's from a super credible source. It's called factretriever.com. So don't argue with me. Anyway, guys, this has been great. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us this for this, uh, how to date in Nashville, why it sucks episode. <laughs> um, if, if anyone listening, we, we have about 12 listeners at this point, but if anyone listening wants to follow you guys, how can they find you? Yeah. Mine's just Eric Van Houten. Yep. I know all the socials. <laughs> but mostly just buy my music because we're not playing right now. <laughs> Quarantine sad. We'll play a song on the on the podcast. Um, and Ryan, I'm scared to give my Instagram handle out because Angie made fun of me earlier because of the number of followers I have. So. <laughs> well, now you can. You have the opportunity to get more. You better take it. You yeah, can I'll have twelve, 12 more. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh Ryan A Cooney, middle initial A Ryan A Cooney. But uh, you're not going to find a whole bunch of pictures of me. I'm not going to lie. It's mostly his dog, Roscoe, who's super cute. Roscoe. Actually, way cuter than Ryan. That's so. worth the follow. It's worth the follow, for sure. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks, well, you guys. Thank you so much. Luck, guys. We love you, Good guys. See you, guys. Thank you. Nice to meet you, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. We know that you're constantly on the go, so we appreciate anything you can possibly do to help spread the word about this podcast. Screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram story, tag I Have a Story podcast, and let us know what in particular you were able to take away from today's episode. Because just maybe if you found something valuable in today's content, someone else might too. So we really, really appreciate those shares. We want to know what you want from this podcast. Send us an email at ihaveastory.info at gmail.com or a voicemail at 629-777-6097. Let us know what topics you want to hear covered or what guests you think might have interesting stories to share. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen. Higher ratings and good reviews mean more visibility, so we can keep sharing content to keep you entertained. Trust us, we have so much more to go over and friends to hear from, but we're going to have to save it for later. Okay, bye. 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 bye.